Welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make New Haven tick. We have two of New Haven's finest in the studio today who are out looking for you, but you're not in trouble. They're not looking out to arrest you. They're looking for New Haven people to replenish the New Haven police force and take policing into the new age. We say good morning, Sergeant Paul Finch and Officer Yelena Borisova. Good morning. And thank you for coming in Dateline New Haven to tell us about the new recruiting drive for the NHPD. So now if I have your job straight, you're technically in charge of the outreach for the drive and you're coordinating it? Yes, I um, supervise the recruitment and background investigations unit for the police department. So you oversee it? Yes. And Yelena, and do I say your first name right? Yes. Okay. Do you, 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 you do full-time background investigations? Correct. But you also are often the public face. As I said, every time we have a reporter out, you're the person <laughs> kind of given the love about like how you love the job and why to come. So you're not just a background investigator. You participate in outreach. Yes, I'm a background investigator and a recruiter. Okay. So where are we up to now? Or how many officers are we looking for and what stage are we in this? So um, we currently have 83 vacancies. 80 vacancies? 83. 83. 83 to be exact. Vacancies. Out of how many? And I'm going to ask both of you to get so close to that mic, you're almost touching it. So you have 80, there are 80, so you're, are, you, are you looking for 83 officers or are you looking for a certain number for the next class? Um, we have a continuous recruitment going on right now. So it's uh, as many as we can, as many as we can get every, every cycle when we're doing a, a recruitment drive. So it's, um, I, we know we're not going to get 83 all in one year. So just continue um, as we go on to just try to increase the, uh, the staffing. Okay, and I think Harry's going to move your mic a little because when you look toward me, we, we lose the sound, but it's all good. So does that mean um, you get as many people as you can to get in a pipeline, and then you decide on how many people are in a class based on how many people make it through, Yelena, and other, like, check, checking them out? Yes, that's well, correct. Well, first, they have to take a test, right? You apply, you have to take a test, right? Well, yeah, the first test is the uh, physical agility test. You take that through the uh, CHIP test. What's um, CHIP? CHIP is the uh, organization or the test itself that you are, uh, it's a physical agility test. What kind of shape do you need to be in? Do you need to be a track runner like you, or can you be just someone who like doesn't have a heart attack if you run down the block? So the test isn't a show up and pass. You gotta put in the work. You gotta actually train for it. You gotta run a mile and a half. Uh, you gotta run a 300 meter sprint, and then you have to do a series of um, push-ups and sit-ups in a minute. So I like to say that uh, you, you definitely gotta, um, actually show up and, and actually train for this. Um, some people like to think that they can show up and pass just based upon going to the gym. Um, and, you know, if you have some experience with track and field, that definitely does help. Well, I noticed a lot of officers, were, were you both athletes? Were you an athlete in your early time? I noticed a lot of officers were kind of like jocks or just athletes in the early days, no? Not really an athlete, but I used to run a lot. Mm -hmm. 
So I mean, it kind of helps, never right? A problem for me. You need to yes. be in good shape to be a cop, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. And then how do you keep that up? Because, I mean, all human beings, we kind of get like our tires around our waist as we get a little older. We're not like we don't have the same metabolism. You stuff. I, okay, I love talking to officers who go back for like mid-cure training, like at Perf or something. And they say one of the biggest challenges is like, I got to be in shape again. Like I got to run really hard again in these long miles. How do you, how do you, when you get them in the front door to be in shape, is there any way of knowing how you're going to keep officers in shape? I'd like to think that that's on the individual. Um, you got to have that work-life balance and you have to kind of prioritize your health and your wellness. Um, you know, I just turned 40 this year. And That's I, a biggie for in terms yeah, of how that. <laughs> and I said to myself, okay, um, I got work to do. I just want, I, I have goals, you know, physically. So especially, you know, doing the recruiting and uh, we do weekly training sessions. And Oh, you do? Yes. Uh, you know, free training sessions every Sunday at 4 p.m. and every uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Bowen Field. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I try to go to them and actually, you know, work out and train with the actual uh, you know, applicants. So what, you're helping the applicants get ready, but you're also keeping Paul in shape. Exactly. And, you know, so my goal is just to be able to pass the same test that I had to take to be able to apply. It's like driving. I can never pass the driving test again. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing I noticed, too, like I was remembering, you know, some of the more experienced officers, what you might lose a little bit in your step, you might gain in your experience. Like I'm thinking Paul Bickey. He was this wonderful beat officer. I remember him told me at the, the end of his career, he'd be with the younger people, and they'd always, like, run through the spot and get there before him. And the, but they'd also sometimes look to him on like how to deal with a difficult situation, what a person might do. And I remember he crawled through some window that was going to be really hard. He said, could I still do that? And he stopped the rape. I mean, that was sad. Yeah, like a little kid. But like, but he was saying how you're always juggling that as you get older, how we need both on the force. We need the young people who are just on fire, chariots of fire, along with some people who have been on the beat a long time. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so we're talking about the New Haven Police Department at recruiting. What stage are we at now in the recruiting job? You talked about cycles. We're in the application stage. Um, so with us having continuous recruitment, you can apply at any time. Um, and then the, you take that chip test, pass the chip test, and then you can move on to the uh, written and oral phase. Um, that's where you'll see cycles. So you'll see we have a written exam and an oral exam coming up this month. Mm -hmm. um so if you have a chip test a valid chip test card um which is good for six months yes good okay for, yes yes it is good for six months if you have a valid card then for six months to get to the next phase of the whole process of becoming a cop the chip card is chip card is good for six months so if somebody takes um a chip test say today so that chip test is good until for in, for the next six months and what has to so, happen in those six months before you unless you'd have to take it again do you have to go through all the approval processes do you have to be sworn in do you have to be in the academy so that test is only valid when you first apply if you make it through the entire process 30 days before the academy started you have to take another test but it's not a chip test you have to take it for that agency that you're hired for so you would be new haven police um Police Academy would be actually administering that test. Gotcha. So what we're going to do is we're talking to Elena Borisova and Paul Finch from the New Haven Police Department about their recruiting drive. And one way they're getting the message out because they're trying, what they've learned over the years I've noticed is they, they use a lot of ways to try to meet people. You might see Elena at Wilbercross High School at a fair, or you might be seeing a video. So Harry Drost, our station manager, is going to play us the newest video that I believe Captain Rosedell put together. Yes, our, whole, our recruitment team. Um, How many people are on that team? 
uh, it's four four of us that um actually are out there physically recruiting but then we have including you too yes but then we have uh photographers um that work within the police department that are martin put side is that his name yes he's a great photographer yes yes he does some good work yeah. and we have jeremy cordero he helps us oh that's well. right yes yeah. they both are um excellent um when it comes to you know getting photos for us and then we have uh raymond al torres too he actually helps us with photos as well so you're trying to do a publicity campaign to show people who cops are and to try to get them interested so if harry Joros, i think he said he was gonna tee up the video so we can watch it to see how you're trying to get the message out that way i guess through social media and uh social and, media is huge it's a big component when it comes to spreading out the message all right so here it is so i'm not hearing the sound though harry is the audio on on the uh video sorry about that because i mean i know that i watched that there was something we said here uh harry joe's our station manager he's he's putting the video up i think we might have to run it again then because we're not hearing it on the air i apologize that you listen wnhh dateline new haven about new haven police recruiting um i can briefly talk about the yeah video tell what like. we're seeing here so here are scenes of you guys training right yeah. so the goal of how we, how and why we put this video together is because we wanted um the community and just anybody who's interested in applying to kind of get a little taste of what the new haven academy uh is all about so we have some um recruits in the academy class that are kind of given their um we interview them and they're given their um input on uh the whole academy experience so mm -hmm. as you could see it's a lot of hard work a lot of dedication um right there they, i remember they were talking about learning how to shoot a gun yeah 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 and, and, and you know shooting it safely um for some it's the first time they've ever actually shot a weapon so um it's a great place to actually learn how to uh do it safely um and then you know you have a group of people that you know come from all walks of life um and they come together and they forge as one um one team and one goal in mind so it's, it's been great hearing their testimonies and hopefully it just uh helps um you know somebody somebody who's looking to uh, pursue a career at the main police department um, it'll help them you know with their decision mm -hmm. and i noticed also that like you've tried to recruit more officers of color you've had a success in that when i watch this video i feel like 95 percent of the cops are black and hispanic that's not true right you're trying to get the message out that you're including them too right right yes and then some of the um people that you see that we interview they're actually from new Haven. um so they actually uh it's 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 great when you see people that grew up in new haven and then they become police officers because then that allows the next generation to see them as well and be able to say hey if they did it i can do it too and so right so at first i brought up the racial issue but there was also that city issue people kind of feel like they want officers who live in New Haven policing them, which I think can be overstated sometimes because sometimes the officers who build the best relationships with people on the beat actually don't live here. And some of the officers who get in trouble do live here. But I think might it be true that that is a, a leg up if you know the streets. I've interviewed some of the young officers recently who, because they grew up there kind of knew the people they were policing. Well, and what do you think, Yelena? When you do the background checks, do you notice any difference with New Haveners and not New Haveners? I'd like to say it's all up to an individual, your individual values, your individual morals, just because I came all the way from Russia. Mm -hmm.
Well, you weren't, I thought you were one of the SSRs. Belarus. Yeah. Belarus. Oh my God. You must, what's that for you now to see what's going on in Belarus? I try not to, not to watch, to be honest with you. It's just upsetting. Do you still have family there? Most of my family is here. Okay. Close family. Well, I'm mean, going to take you off there. So you came from Belarus but, to this area, but you felt like you became part of New Haven pretty quick. Absolutely. I actually lived in New Haven before I got in the forest. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. And so, okay, so we're talking about recruitment drive, and I'm sorry we couldn't hear the audio on the video, but you got a picture of what you're doing. So how do you get this video out? Do you send it to people on Instagram? Yes, it's on Instagram, um, and it's on our Facebook uh, page. It's actually on the city website, and it's on the police app website. Please. And I noticed your, your Facebook page is getting a lot of hits. Yes. And that happened in the last year. Yes. So we've, uh, we developed a social media team at the uh, police department, and um, they all have been working very hard to just try to um, increase uh, the message and get everything out on social media because we know that's the, the new age for the new But generation. isn't that a conundrum too? So on the one hand, you can't not do social media because that's how we're communicating. But social media really removes people from each other. They don't look into each other's eyes. You don't really get a measure of someone like, I'll bet when you're at Wilbur Cross and talking to a young person, that would have 80 times the impact of a social media media video would you agree i mean i understand the answer is you have to do everything but you also do make sure you're doing in-person stuff right absolutely yes. so what kind of in-person recruiting where do you go um this past weekend we were at the gospel fest oh um we went we had a national night out um we do career fairs at all the uh, area universities and colleges so that's been great as well um so that way we so how do you make the pitch let's say i walk up to you i'm 21 years old we've actually had some articles on this and i say you know i'm not sure what i want to do i was flipping hamburgers that wasn't great i've kind of liked architectural drawing or something why would i want to be a cop what do you tell them sergeant finch is great at that <laughs> well the biggest thing i You're tell them too. is you know have an impact on the community uh and have an impact on people's lives on the day-to-day -day basis um that's the biggest thing and it's hey you can make you make good money um, it's not a career where you have to uh, work your whole entire life uh, and you have just the uh, great opportunities within the job to where it can be exciting, uh, different opportunities that, where you can move up um, in the ranks. Like if I were 20 and if I theoretically could pass the agility test if I ever could, you probably could have appealed to me with the investigative part. I know there's certain recruits I talk to who are so interested about how you compile evidence. And, and it's similarly that the Bureau of Investigation of some people, because when I've talked to people while you apply in New Haven, they talk about you do so many different kinds of cases. Some people talk about the community policing um, tradition we have, but other people talk about it's like really interesting. Like as a reporter, I'm just so interested if I had the kind of tools you did to be able to really look into people's financial records and try to like solve a clue that's going to keep somebody safe because you have to file that. That's kind of fun and exciting, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. for other people, is it sort of like the thrill, which can sometimes have a downside to um fast action that kind of thing like a crime yeah it's a it's a mixture of both and you have to remember what you see on tv you know people think oh i want to be a detective um well, it's actually you know, many hours of very boring yeah. work well not like, only like that. a reporter you're going through records and right. things yeah. yeah not only that you got to be an officer first so that's the one thing you have to express to people too is it's like it's great that you want to be a detective but the first step is is being a patrol officer um and that's how you really learn the job. You learn, you know, investigations through being a patrol officer first. Then you can, after four years, you can uh, 
uh, take a test. Or and then other people change their mind, right? I've heard people say, I, was, I really like walking, because everyone has to walk a beat at the beginning. I really liked getting to know people in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and things like that. Do you ever tell them any personal stories about when you were an officer on the beat and why it mattered to you? Sure. Like, what's the story you might tell them? Um, I had a uh, story with a, uh, a Valentine's Day story where, you know, it was just a couple that um, called the police and, you know, it was Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, you realize when you get on the job and you're 25 years old that you sometimes walk into homes where uh, you actually have to uh, make decisions for people that could, you know, be your parents just by age, you know, so Valentine's Day. Uh, a couple just need a little bit of counseling, you know, from the New Haven. They're having a fight. Someone yeah, called the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what we did was we just had them exchange Valentine's Day gifts with us being here. And that changed the whole mood of the evening. Well, how did you do? What did you see? Like, what did you say to them? Oh, I just, you know, obviously you got to figure out what's going on and why they're, uh, why they're arguing, what's their disagreement. And then once you kind of uh, speak to both sides and figure out what happened, then you're saying, okay, well, let's slow things down and see what, what's really, what's really uh, important, what's needed to change. So I asked uh, the female, did you get you know, him a gift? She <laughs> said yes. I said, I asked him, did you get her a gift? Oh, that's a great idea. And then she, he said, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I said, okay, well, here, here's two chairs. Let's sit right here and just give each other the gift. Wow, so you're like a counselor. Well, that's the beauty of this job. The beauty of this job is, is there's no right or there's no one way to do it, you know? So here it is, if they're able to, uh, you know, uh, sit there, exchange gifts, it changes the whole mood situation. That makes me think about the way we see each other when we're living our lives. We get to get so caught up in an argument or something we want to have happen that we forget why we value another person. So there they had those gifts waiting. So yeah. they were so focused on arguing when there was a reason they got each other a gift, right? They loved each other, right? Yeah, my partner's looking at me like, what are you doing? But I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's worked. It worked. It literally worked. You know what I mean? So it's just, and it's just, that was my way of handling that situation, you know? And that's the beauty of uh, being a police officer. Everybody's different. Yeah. Now, uh, one um, challenge now is the departments across the country, and I haven't had any indication it's any worse here or anywhere else, having trouble finding officers, that it's just a lot of forces have been depleted, they're short-staffed, we're short-staffed, there are a whole lot of reasons, right? After the George Floyd incident, people were kind of, you know, obviously raising some legitimate criticisms about police, but also some police felt they were under attack, but other people felt like it wasn't safe. What is the, have you watched this over the years, what has been the increased challenge to, um, to getting, uh, to getting um, people to apply? What's made it harder and how do you address that? Any thoughts? It's, it's just become more competitive um, because it's not just the big cities that are hurting with, with staffing levels, it's the small towns too. Oh, in other words, so they can offer more money to go a place where it's not as dangerous to be a cop. Like I know you've had a lot of promising young officers stolen by Nor well, Norwalk was also a city, but uh, Hamden, and I know that even you have a former official who's up in Waterford bringing people there. What nothing ever happens, right? <laughs> you know. But then there, are, so then do you often end up with the people who are more interested in cities that do want to be busy and do want to take on bigger challenges? Could that be like a blessing? Oh, absolutely. There's, a, and that's why you see a lot of people stay because 
Um, they they love New Haven. They love the department. They love all the like. I remember when officer wrote on social media, like, I can't believe they're disciplining officers. You guys suck. I got I just went down to Alabama where I got sworn in. I looked up their police department. I kind of said, might not have been horrible that we lost that officer. You know, it's like it's kind of good we got the person who stayed, and I loved like having them exchange Valentine's Day gifts. I don't know. I guess each department's different, right? Yes, yes, that is true. So we're talking about police recruiting drive. It's in full swing in New Haven. There are 83 vacancies, and we're talking to Sergeant Paul Finch and Officer Yelena Versova. So, Elena, when you do background checks, what are you looking for, and how often do you have to say this person can't be a cop? So, um, I think one of the... Uh, main things we're looking for is integrity integrity honesty in the process um we all made mistakes without looking for perfect people they don't exist but we're looking for somebody who can come in uh, when they come in for interview um it's the interview is pretty um invasive right we go over a lot of personal stuff and we can we always say we can get we can work with your previous conduct your past conduct we, but we can't work with your lack of integrity okay so, so be somebody, straight what happened we figure yes, out how to do it uh, somebody, and a big thing for that for years is marijuana right now you have a new policy it's okay if you smoke pot or continue to smoke pot but like for years people lied about it a lot right because everybody kind of smoked pot but they didn't couldn't be a cop if they did so they kind of lied about it right well every department has some kind of drug policy we still have a drug policy drug guidelines but it's more lenient now than it was before. what are the guidelines like can you have smoked pot but not crack or something like that so as long as you um once somebody gets a conditional job offer there is a waiver that they sign that moving on in the process once once you accept the conditional job offer you can't smoke uh weed but, there is other things, uh, so cocaine, heroin, PCP, drugs like that. Um, everything is kind of case by case scenario. So it's not it's, one rule about if you ever abused hard drugs. <clears throat> no, you, you, you got to have a lot of time and distance when it comes to. If so if like you had a bad a turn drug. in your life when you were young, but now you're five, eight years older, and you've had a good life, you're going to make yeah. it. Like if Unless you, you lie about it. If you experimented with something when you were, say, 18 years old or 21 years old, and now, you get you're, closer, yeah. and now you're 30 years old, then we see the level of maturity, um, your growth, your, your growth you've, you, you've kind of made better decisions. Um, so we take all that into consideration when it comes to... Uh, so now you guys are pretty good, right? You have a lot of experience where you can, if someone's not telling you the truth, you can see their records, right? You're going to be able to see um, their court records and things like that, correct? Yes. And then do you also go out and knock on doors and interview people who know them? Yes, we usually, so during the home visit, uh, we interview neighbors, uh, we interview character references, spouses, uh, former spouses. I've read some of those. Em yeah. em employment <laughs> yeah. checks. Yeah. I will speak with former employers and present, present employers, co-workers. And is it my imagination, but people lie more than you think? <laughs> How often do people lie? Not everybody, but not everybody's a lot of, kind of a small group. <laughs> I mean, people, 
people don't realize sometimes what they're walking into, you know, so they, they want to, they want to look their best, but part of your looking, looking your best is being honest, right. you know, being honest and taking responsibility. That's really right. what we're looking for. And, um, so you then write a report and you say, here's what I found out. But it's actually up to the Board of Police Commissioner whether to take what you found. You give a recommendation, correct? But then they decide whether to make an offer to someone, correct? Correct. Okay, so that's how the process works. And the Board of Police Commissioner makes an offer or doesn't make an offer. Well, they decide whether to remove somebody from the process or to move them forward. And then they go on a list where they rank on a score, right, on the civil service test or on all the tests. And then... You go down the list and picking who could fill the academy slots and is that how it works yeah. and the list stays for three years or something so the civil service um list uh comes out after the written and um, oral exam so it's kind of in the beginning before the okay. background phase and then once we receive that civil service list that's when background investigations begin um, then we do the background investigations and if there's any uh, red flags in their background then um we, where they they may have to go up for removal to the commissioners, and then the commissioners have the final say-so on whether or not a person is removed or they just move forward in the process. And then eventually they'll be voted to be hired. And then they go to the police academy for nine months, is it? Six. Six months. And then they are in field training, which means they go around with an experience officer for how many months? Three? Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. Okay. And then they're an officer of their own. So that's, uh, that's how the process works. What do you folks remember from when you went through the process that might inform how it's been different now or what you learned from it? What do you remember about going, like what was it, 12 years ago when you were? 14. 14. So what's different now? I think we're a little more forgiving and we give more chances. Is it also true you're better at finding out information? I mean, the tech has improved, correct? Mm, sure. Um, we find a lot on social media. That's one of the people uh, really leave their tracks yeah. on social media. Yeah. Oh we didn't goodness. have, I didn't have any social media going through the process. And so, but we are more forgiving now if people are honest. Are we forgiving about dishonesty if they lie about their background? They can come back and apply again and try to do it right. Yes. Yeah, you got to mm -hmm. do it right. What do you remember? What were you, were you also 14 years ago or? Uh, 15. Mm -hmm. We're one class uh, apart. Um, you know, it, it was straightforward. It was direct. Now, remember, there was thousands of applicants back when we applied. Now you're talking 200, 100. Wow. So, so you're saying that night you have, it went down 90%? Oh, yeah. It, it went way down. So now it's like, okay, um, when we're saying we're, you know, you're a little bit more forgiving now or, or it's, it's, <laughs> We don't have as many people that want to do the job. So uh, we're looking at who we have and we're obviously trying to uh, make sure we hire the best people um, for the job. But it's not like there's a, a wrapped um, line of people around the building saying, you know, hire me. And why have you been successful in hiring more New Haven people and more applicants who are black and brown? I've noticed the numbers have increased quite a bit and more women. Is that just society has changed or have you has some strategy that made that work you're going to different places you used to go i i think it's just uh face-to-face -face communicating uh being open being honest because the, the biggest thing i think is you have to have a resource a lot of times if you don't have a resource to find out what it's really like to be a police officer then you're just left kind of wondering 
So when you create the opportunities for resources for them to find out information, then they get the truth and then they feel comfortable. And then they're saying, hey, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. And then all it takes is a couple people from New Haven to, to, to do it. And then now they see that their high school classmates. Well, it used to be even like a family. There was one town in South Carolina where the Pontu family came from and Mel Waring's family. And they were all related. And like, you know, 12 of them were on the force because you told your family. Are you saying that once you can break through to more people than they are, they're social circles and family circles can provide new oh, people. Oh, absolutely. At the, at the most recent graduation, we had a, uh, uh, a lot of cheers for, uh, you know, a New Haven, um, New Haven recruit that graduated, um, Brandon Bright. But his father was a police officer too, you know, and he's from the community. He knows a lot of people in the community. He works uh, in, the, in the schools, um, you know, and then it trickles down from there to where it's like, okay, Brandon did it, you know, who's next you know so uh and, and then they're they have that resource now with brandon to where they can go to him and now they can say hey what it's like how was the process so so that way all their questions can be answered and uh and do we have any numbers on, the, on your hand about um how the breakdown of who's become a cop in recent years classes or anything like that if not we'll get them because i know they really yeah i can get them to you okay and let me ask you, now you've been doing this, Linda, how many years, background checks? Quite a few. Do you admit, excuse me? About five years altogether. Do you, miss the, do you miss being out on patrol? Sometimes I do. But you do extra hours, right? Everyone's enlisted into overtime. You're still, I've seen you out on the street sometimes. That's probably recruiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you miss being on the beat or you kind of like this better? A little bit. I do miss it a little bit. Um, but I think that part of my career um, is kind of done and over with. And you took what you learned from it to do this. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, Paul? You, yeah, the big, I'd say the biggest thing I miss is uh, being an FTO. Um, Field training officer. Oh, I love that. Um, and just being a sergeant on in patrol was great because uh, you weren't only acting, uh, interacting with the community, but you were interacting with the officers, you know, the younger officers. And um, that was something that's enjoyable, but you know, it, kind of just continue in your career and move on to you know different things and try to just have an impact you know in the police department you know in whatever is next in your career so give me the 10 second pitch i just ran into you i came out of walgreens i got my uh hefty bags and oh there's paul what, what, what do you doubt there looking for cops why should i become a cop oh you, do you want to be a police officer i don't know should uh, i yeah well what do you do for work now i um i drive a truck do you enjoy doing that? Not really. They have me get up at like three in the morning. It always breaks. Yeah. How much money you make? I make about six hundred a week. Six hundred a week. Okay. So I would give you our spiel. While you start in the academy, uh, fifty thousand dollars a year. Oh, I can use that. <laughs> after year one, you jump up to sixty thousand dollars, and then after year two, it goes to seventy-eight thousand dollars. That's just showing up forty hours a week. There's a uh, plenty of opportunity to make uh, overtime. Um, and then you have the opportunity. Do you, would you ever want to be a detective? Would you ever want to be a canine officer? Um, you know, SWAT. Uh, what about the mission? Like some people where I live, we don't think so great about the cops. Were the cops doing good things in New Haven or are they the problem? Well, absolutely. They're doing good things. You know, uh, that's what it's all about. Really just uh, building relationships with the community through community policing. Um, and that's the, the bridge you know, forging that bridge with the community so that way they know they can trust you and lean on you, you know, you know, when they're at their, uh, you know, 
toughest moments in their life. You can help. Yes, absolutely. That's so how goal. do people sign up to, to apply to the New Haven Police Department? Policeapp.com. That's the uh, application um, website where you can go to apply. Apply at any time. You can come in, move in from Florida, and apply uh, right away on policeapp.com. All right. Any and, other final words from you? Yes. Uh, one of the things we recommend all our applicants to do is a ride-along. And can you do that as an applicant? Yes. Mm -hmm. You can go in, in the car with someone. Have you guys done those ride-alongs? We don't it, participate. Okay. But uh, the patrol officers do. And then you get a taste of what you're applying for. Correct. That's a great idea. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out, uh, Sergeant Paul Finch and Officer Yelena Borisova. And everyone, if you go to policeapp.com, you can be in the running for one of the 83 vacancies out of how many? What's, what's our sworn force? Was it four or something? 412, I believe. Okay. New Haven Police Department. Thanks for all the great work you do, and thanks for coming on the air. Thanks to Harry Droz at the controls. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.